This is Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, Mick read Tamara Berry's Curses Are for Cats. And I did a reprisal of last week and read Stephen Blackmore's Dead Things. It's Bibliovile! My name is Mick Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here once again, maybe a day late, although I technically will probably post on the correct day, uh, bringing you the worst books we can find. And the book that Mick got for me might sound a little bit familiar because it's in the same series that I got for him last week. Book number one. Which, I have a bone to pick with you. You made a comment earlier this week that I'm slipping. And that the last couple books that I've gotten for you have not been as bibliophile worthy. And I did want to remind you that you got me another book in the series because the one I got you was so good. Wow, sounds like I got you a really good book then. Rude! Um, but yes, you got me. Curses are for cads. I did. Um, so I went to the library by myself because Mick had put in order, uh, put a hold in for the Stephen Blackmore book. So I went to go pick up the book and pick out Mick's book and was doing some browsing. They say that you're only allowed in the library for 15 minutes, but there's absolutely no way of making sure that that happens. I thought this was going to be a good one. The, um, it is pitched as a murder mystery, but the inside cover, the description, never actually mentions a crime. Um, the book is called Curses Are for Cads. I thought this was going to be, like, good quality bibliophile material. And apparently it was just kind of Oh, you're just doing my report not. for me? Well, I'm sharing what you shared with me. Yeah, it just kind of wasn't. It was a cozy murder mystery on an island that worked perfunctorily well, and I'm not going to tell you that much about it, because you're probably going to read it after this episode's over in about 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you actually read this one really fast. We went out to the lake for Memorial Day weekend to see some family, and in not even an entire three-hour drive home, Mick finished this whole book. Yeah, I had gotten started on it, but yeah, so that was the book. There's a murder on an... Uh, uh, the woman pretends to be a, a medium, but actually is one. So that's kind of weird. Things happen. They solve the crime. I didn't take a single note. I remember only about half the characters' names uh, because it was just like, yeah, this is Act One, and then a thing happens. You're like, oh, this is Act Two, and then you're like, oh, I can tell we're crashing towards Act Three, which makes it sound uh, like it was bad. No, it was just really good. It was just a cozy, stormy. Murder mystery. I feel like I need to go all out next time and get you something by Laura Lee. I need to get, I need to That's reclaim not. my former glory and get back to Midnight Sins level. Well, let's not, like, you know, push the nuclear button and, and just rain death upon this entire endeavor. Isn't that kind of the point? So? <laughs> well, anyway, so you copped out and just got me the same book in a series that I picked out for you because clearly I'm the better Someone picker-outer. projecting, and I, I want to get a screen and turn down the lights. Hey, be nice to me. You got me Dead Things, which was book one of oh, the, book. the Stephen Blackmore 
series. I don't know what the series was called. We kept calling it Constantine last week. Um, you read book four or five, I think, right? I don't know. Somewhere around there. So you wanted to figure out how it all began and it all began. I mean, it does. We don't really get a beginning. Um, The character has a lot of backstory references, a lot of previous adventures. We don't get a ton of explanation about why the world is the way that it is. You're just kind of dropped in into his life that he's been living for 30 odd years. Sounds like a pretty good bibliophile book. It was pretty good bibliophile book. I will I, I will give you that. Um, I have a lot of quotes that I'm going to read because I feel like that kind of helps get to the sort of bonkers nature of this series. Uh, so we get graphic right away in this book and not in like a sexy kind of graphic but in an absolute carnage kind of graphic it takes a lot to keep my cool and not throw up all over the place i've seen death but this is insane the lucky ones died in their seats five maybe six guys hard to tell in the tangle of body parts he exploded their heads leaving open stumps to dump a sea of blood onto the floor the others particularly the troopers got the royal treatment Pinned to the far wall with the blades of a ceiling fan, chests peeled back to show empty cavities, impaled on bar stools, shredded by a thousand cuts from broken glass. One poor bastard is just a torso. Christ only knows what Washington did with the rest of him. It's just like, we're in this scene of a a bunch of death. Reader, that is page two. It sure is. So after this initial scene where he... Kills a poltergeist who has just murdered a bunch of people in a bar in the middle of Texas. We get a little bit of an explanation. We learn that um, Eric Carter, our main character, can see and talk to the dead and that he sort of makes his living kind of cleaning up messes left by ghosts and dead people and other supernatural scary scary things. Uh, He does have a pretty good kind of self-deprecating sense of humor that goes throughout the book that's pretty funny. Um, And when he's kind of telling his story to us as the reader, he says, some people are just better at some things than others. I've got dead things. Yay me. (laughs) Um, Which I I think is pretty indicative of the kind of narration that we get from Carter, which is fun. the title of the book? Yeah, they, yep, that, I don't know if they came up with the title before they came up with that line or vice versa, but. I I will say Harry Potter does say the words Harry Potter quite a few times throughout their book, so. (laughs) I suppose it does. Um, You had mentioned last week, one of the things you thought was cool about this book was the guy's tattoos. Um, He had a a flock of crows, a murder of crows tattooed on his chest, and it like came to life. They've since been turned into Aztec eagles. Yeah. We get a little bit more description of the tattoos. Um, It's hard to see the bruises because I'm I'm tattooed over most of my body. Neck to wrists to ankles. Words and sigils, symbols and dead languages to help ward off a threat, divert attention, help me focus my magic. I started collecting them years ago and I keep adding ink. I've got one that looks like a starburst in an eye that wards off spells that affect the mind. Another of an armadillo that's pretty good against gunshots. Does fuck all for baseball bats, though. Found that out the hard way in an alley in Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, got a murder of crows in flight that covers my chest from shoulder to shoulder. I can't look at it too long in the mirror. It keeps moving and gives me a headache. Um, so again, that kind of fun, self-deprecating sense of humor that I did appreciate. It made it a pretty fun read. Um, another thing that I found interesting was 
the book's understanding of what happens to you when you die? Did it get really into this at all in the book that you read? No, if you're bound to a place, then you turn into a ghost. And that that typical thing was about all I got. Yeah, so the description provided in this one is when you die, your soul will go off to, well, to wherever it's going to go. Heaven, hell, Elysium, Valhalla, depends on what you believe, how strongly you believe it, and whether you've pissed off anything and anything big enough to take an interest, which I thought was kind of a, a fun, vague, but useful for purposes of the book description of, of the afterlife. Um, kind of the main plot of this book is that uh, he, Eric Carter, left Los Angeles 15 years ago when his parents were murdered. Um and he killed the guy who murdered his parents um, and kind of got his vengeance and then basically went on the run. And he is now having to come back to Los Angeles because his sister has been killed. And he's pretty sure that it has something to do with the guy who killed his parents, that he's, he's maybe back, he's, you know reincarnated himself, resurrected himself, and that he's back and causing chaos and has now killed Eric's sister, Lucy. So it brings him back. He winds up in contact with, like, old friends that he hasn't seen in a decade and a half. His ex-girlfriend that he just kind of ghosted when he basically ran away 15 years ago. Um, And it's this kind of uncomfortable homecoming of, like, being back in a place that has changed a lot in some ways and hasn't changed at all in others. And he's changed a lot in some ways, but not at all in others. And so it does a good job of getting at that idea of coming back to the place where you grew up after a really long time. But also there's like a lot of murder and supernatural things. So that's kind of our main plot. Um, Yay! Right? Uh, So you're telling me that this book does not have an Aztec wind god out for his head. No, but it does have the goddess of death. You mentioned Santa Muerte in your last one. Do you remember kind of what the tie was between Santa Muerte and our main character? Well, he went to the Aztec uh, underworld to try and stop a plot, but in trying to stop that plot, it was secretly that they were going to use his body for the god of death of the Aztec underworld, and then the goddess of death, instead of uh, allowing that to happen, accidentally stabbed his parent girlfriend or something like that, and is now living in his girlfriend's body uh, with the uh, understanding that they're both the same people, but also new people. So that must have happened in a later book because what happens in this one is that Santa Muerte summons Eric and says, I will help you figure out who killed your sister and get rid of them if you kill this other person for me. Um, And he's like, okay, but what's the catch? And the catch is basically, I'm going to own your soul and you're going to do my bidding. Marriage, am I right? He later gets married to her. Well, he, he does at the end to 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 basically have like a physical sign that she owns him um he has a wedding ring that he can't take off and so yeah he is like sort of married to the goddess of death so that's exciting good for him um one hell of a bachelorette party am i right yeah 
He he goes through some rough patches as he's trying to figure out who killed his sister. It's a bad sign when you wake up longing for the days when all you had was a broken rib. My nose is definitely broken. Every breath through it is like sucking in fire and it feels about the size of a cassava, dried blood crusted all over my face. Lips split and swollen, body screaming in bruises. I pull myself straighter in my seat, ignore the pain, try to stand up. Before I can get my legs under me, a heavy hand clamps down on my shoulder and forces me back down. I feel familiar cold steel against my throat. And that happens consistently throughout the book. Like, he will wake up from being unconscious and be like, okay, got a minute to regroup. And then someone will put a gun to his head. Yeah. Like, the poor guy just cannot catch a break. Um, Except for his ribs. Except for his ribs, they catch a lot of breaks. One line that I thought was really good in this, so he he is reconnected with Vivian, who is his former girlfriend 15 years ago. And becomes his doctor. Yes, she is now a doctor, um, and they have a very contentious relationship because he just sort of disappeared on her 15 years ago. Um, in the description of kind of how magic works, which we don't get too too many details of it's pretty good world building where they give us enough to understand what's happening but don't go they don't waste too much time trying to explain all the ins and outs but magic is very focused on the place so like la's magic is very different than new york city's magic which is very different than like southern mexico's like what the history of the place and the geography of the place and who lives there has and there's a... no place like New York for magic. Yeah, no one you think about it. I'm casting spells <laughs> Um and Vivian at one point is talking about the magic that she uses for healing. And she says, LA's magic isn't good for complex. And Eric says, Oh come on, LA is plenty complicated. And she says, There's a difference. I'm complex, you're complicated. And I thought that was just in general a really good line, but also like a good way of giving us more insight into those two characters. I just thought that was great. I'm complex, you're complicated. That's a very good difference. Um, so no, it was it was well written. There were some genuinely funny moments in the book. Um, the, the plot wraps up enough that we sort of wrap up the small plot of this one, but definitely are kind of setting up further adventures for these characters. He decides he's just going to get the hell out of LA. Ultimately, he realizes that Santa Muerte has essentially set him up. Um, it was not the guy who killed his parents that killed his sister. Um, he, his sister was basically killed to lure him back to L.A. Um, to get involved in this whole thing so that she, Santa Muerte, could convince him to take up her offer. Um, so he is now married to the goddess of death who has tricked him and was responsible for the death of his only remaining relative. So that's going to end well for everyone, I'm sure. Um, but all in all, I agree with basically everything that you said last week. It, it was kind of bonkers but in a fun way i think i had a little bit more of a um on ramp in on ramp given that this was book one um i don't think that i'll you know go and read the rest of the series even though i am wanting to do that uh but it was fun and i definitely did not mind reading it it was a quick read if you're into sci-fi fantasy this kind of mostly fantasy this kind of stuff it is i would say worth a worth a read on your 
road trip this summer. Very nice. Yeah. So that was Dead Things by Stephen Blackmore, book one in whatever series Mick read last week. <laughs> so if you're not going to be reading the rest of this series and, and you're not going to read my uh, mystery book for the episode next time, do you want to see what you will be getting for next week? I don't know. Do I? Yes. Oh, more? You're getting me more? Is this book three? It's book two. Why would I skip book two? It's book two. I'm reading Stephen Blackmore's Broken Souls. My name is Meg Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma. You can find the podcast at Bibliovile. I'm Susan. The intro music for our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album rampant join us next episode for an update on the eric carter saga maybe we'll realize what the name of the story actually is by the time we get there but in either case we will see you guys next time have a good night